number of years ago, Helen McDonald had the idea of what if we sold these poinsettias and um, we gave them in honor of, of people who've either passed away or people who mean a whole lot to us. And so uh, during this holiday season, we get to decorate our um, auditorium and out in the foyer, really all over the church facility with these beautiful poinsettias. And a number of you have purchased those. And so I hope you'll take the time to look at this brochure that's been produced and uh, look at all the names because these names are so important. They're as we said, there are those who are given in honor of, and there are poinsettias given in memory of. And every one of these names is significant. Every one of them is important. And so as we begin this time of year that's filled with a lot of joy and a lot of celebration, it's our way of, of pausing and just remembering those who've gone on and remembering those who mean so much to us. I appreciate... Uh, Kay and Pam, and I think I even saw Curry helping uh, to decorate our stage area and to decorate the foyer. And doesn't it look great? It just looks so nice. Appreciate their efforts as we, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that's, that's great. As uh, we enter this, this wonderful season, um, you know, uh, I, I, it's a season of gift giving. You walk into our foyer and you see all the presents that have been purchased uh, as we uh, look forward to our Head Start Christmas, that's another wonderful ministry that we've been involved in uh, for the last few years. And, and it just, as every time I walk into the foyer, it just reminds me uh, of that we've entered this season of, of gift giving. And suddenly there on, our, on the television, there are Christmas movies. A lot of you have already watched Christmas movies. And, and we're listening on the radio at all the Christmas songs. And we're already starting to think about all the presents we need to buy. Uh, a lot of folks got up early on, on this past Friday uh, to make sure that you were out shopping, making all those wonderful purchases. And we know gift giving is a huge part of this season. I read this year, industry experts say that the average American will spend something like $920 per person on holiday gifts. That's up from 2018 where we um, spent $885 per person on holiday gifts. It reaches, uh, it's, we're going to spend over a trillion dollars uh, this season on holiday spending. And with all of those gifts comes gift wrapping. Now I must tell you, I don't like to wrap gifts. I know some of you may, but I really don't like gift wrapping. Wrapping. And I don't like it because I don't really think I'm very good at it. Uh, I like how the noted theologian Dave Barry, maybe some of you are familiar with the noted theologian Dave Barry, how he describes gift wrapping on that very first Christmas. He writes this, According to the book of Matthew, the wise men presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are simple words. But if we analyze them carefully, we discover an important yet often overlooked theological fact. There's no mention of wrapping paper. If there had been wrapping paper, Matthew would have said so. And lo, the gifts were inside 600 square cubits of paper. And lo, the paper was festooned with pictures of Frosty the Snowman. And Joseph was going to throweth it away. But Mary saith unto him, she saith, holdeth it, this is nice paper, saveth it for next year. 
and Joseph did rolleth his eyeballs. Barry continues, but we know these words don't, don't appear in the Bible, which means that the very first Christmas gifts were not wrapped. This is because the people giving those gifts had two important characteristics. They were wise and they were men. Now, as we think about this season, this holiday season, we know it's, it's not about the wrapping paper. It's not about what's on the outside. But, but we know it's about the gift. And as we think about Christmas, we think about the greatest gift ever given. And you know, God is this incredible gift giver. I like what uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15 when he writes, But thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so we've entitled our message series during the month of December, Gift Exchange. Because we want to look at some of these gift exchanges we find all through the Christmas story. You see, whatever we offer to God, whatever gift we offer to God, understand God's gifts to us are always greater, always better. And so we give God our worry God gives us his peace, this incredible peace that passes understanding. We give God our hurts. What does God give us? He gives us his healing. And ultimately, we give God our sin. And what does God give us? He gives us his own righteousness. We give God our lives. And he gives us an eternity with him. And so over these next few weeks, uh, we're going to look at the major characters in the Christmas story, and we're going to look at the, the different gift exchanges. And today, we're in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and we're going to look at this gift exchange with Joseph. Now, as we're reading the Christmas story, oftentimes we focus on Mary. Mary, this, this incredible person, this wonderful young lady who had such a, a submissive and open heart. Or maybe we focus on the Magi, these strange and mysterious characters. We don't really know much about them. They kind of enter the story, they're there for a little while, and then they exit stage left. Or maybe we focus on Zachariah and Elizabeth. You know that older couple, Elizabeth was a relative of Mary's? And they longed for a child. They wanted a baby for the longest time. They prayed for that child. And, and now they were past childbearing age. But God heard their prayers. And God gave them this amazing gift. This gift of a child in their older age. And a lot of times when we're reading the Christmas story, we focus on one of those persons. But often, Joseph is overlooked. He's overlooked like the father of the bride at the wedding. Nobody notices the father of the bride, and yet we know he plays an important part. You see, just as God, I believe, took great care in choosing just the right person to bear his son, I believe God also took great care in choosing just the right person to raise his son. And so the story opens this way as Matthew narrates. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child or pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, Mary was 
pledged or betrothed to Jesus. I want you to know that ancient betrothal, though similar to modern engagement, is, is different. Ancient betrothal was much more serious and was much more binding. In fact, if, if you wanted to get out of or break a betrothal, you would have to get a divorce. You were actually considered married, although the ceremony had not occurred and, and the two persons in the relationship would not come together in an intimate way before the ceremony. And so Mary and Joseph are betrothed, and they're looking forward to this moment when they would, when they would be married. But, but the Bible says that Mary starts to show during this betrothal period. She's found to be pregnant. Other people could see this. Joseph could see this. And quite frankly, as we imagine what it must have been like, Joseph was devastated. After all, they'd entered into this agreement. Over this year, this betrothal period, they'd grown, drawn close to one another. They were longing for that moment when they would actually have the ceremony and begin their lives together as husband and wife. And now Joseph finds out that his precious Mary is pregnant. His world is shattered. What will he do? In this moment, Joseph is faced with a tough decision. The decision is not whether or not he will divorce her. Oh no, he will divorce her. He had a certain reputation and standing in the community. But the question is, how will he do it? And the word divorce is used in this scripture because as we've already said, a betrothal or engagement was, was binding. We, we want to break an engagement today. We just take back the ring, we say it's over, and we move on. But not so in the ancient world. They would literally, the husband would literally have to write divorce papers to the one to whom he was betrothed. And so Joseph is wondering, what will he do? How will he do it? Oh, Joseph, he could make a public spectacle of it. I mean, after all, he, he's been embarrassed. Here's this person he has chosen, this person that he wants to spend the rest of his life to, and, and now she's going out and got herself pregnant. And so he could march down to the city gates, and he could speak to the elders. He could tell them what's occurred. He could describe what's happened, and he could say, I'm, I'm going to divorce her. He could do that. But Joseph, as he thinks about it, he decides he's going to take a different approach. You see, Joseph is someone who loves Mary, cares for her. He doesn't want to embarrass her. He doesn't want to demean her. And so he decides instead of making it very public, instead of, instead of marching down to the city gate, what he's going to do is he's going to, to put her away privately. You see, in his mind, she's been unfaithful. He knows she's pregnant. He knows he has had nothing to do with that. He feels betrayed in the deepest possible way. He is devastated. But in a sense, he offers her a gift. He offers her a measure of compassion and sensitivity and care. Joseph really is an amazing man. You see, he doesn't respond in kind. Oftentimes, we've been hurt. What are we going to do? We're going to hurt that person. We've been betrayed. We're going to just, you know, hurt them back. That's what we often do. But, but 
Joseph shows us how to respond when we've been hurt. He doesn't respond in kind, but Joseph responds in love. He doesn't respond out of the flesh. He responds, I'm convinced, out of the Spirit. As I've been reading the story this week, I've been asking myself the question, why did Joseph respond this way? Certainly he loved her. But the other thing we learn about Joseph, according to verse 19 of Matthew chapter 1, was that Joseph was a good man. Joseph was a godly man. Joseph was a spiritual man. He finds himself in an untenable situation. He finds himself in a difficult place. And so what is he going to do? He's going to divorce her privately. And then he's going to pick up the pieces and move on with his life. And so Joseph has considered this. He's thought about this. He's pondered it. He's made his decision. He's not going to respond in kind, but he's going to respond with care and sensitivity. He believes he's doing the right thing, but as God always does, God shows him an even better way. And so as Matthew continues narrating the story in verse 20, the scripture says an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Just about the time we think we know what the best thing is, just about the time we think we know what the right thing is, God shows up and He shows us what the best thing is. Joseph hadn't even thought about this possibility. But what happens is, God shows up, He expands our thinking, He he, uh, expands our field of vision, And now there's something else that Joseph can do. But friends, understand, this was no easy decision. Joseph, he does something beautiful right here. He he offers to God a submissive spirit, an open heart. I don't know if we've thought about Joseph like this before, but here is Joseph. He's got this difficult situation he's dealing with. He hears from God and he could have ignored that. He could have walked away from God. I mean, this was, this was too difficult. This would be hard. But what does Joseph do? He listens to God. He hears God. And he obeys God. You see, if he were to marry Mary, the community would assume that Joseph was a participant in her unrighteousness. It took a measure of faith to respond to God and and to do the right thing. Understand, being submissive to God and following God is is not always an easy thing to do. Sometimes it gets complex and complicated. And so here's Joseph. He responds by faith and he walks into this very uncomfortable situation. As we said, Joseph is a righteous man. Joseph has standing in the community. And now everybody's just going to make an assumption. Imagine the side conversations and the gossip and the innuendo. And even though Joseph and Mary, they begin sharing this story with what actually happened and and people roll their eyes and they go, oh yeah, how convenient is that? And yet Joseph does the right thing. He submitted himself to the will of God. This is such an important story. Notice what's at stake. Verse 20, the latter part, it says, 
She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. This is no ordinary child. This is Jesus. This is the one sent into the world who would save us from our sins. He will save us from our greed and lust and violence. He will save us from our misplaced priorities. He will save us from our indifference. He will save us from ourselves. He will save us from our addictions. Here's Jesus who's entered into this world to save us from our sins. You know, I really like gift exchanges. They're fun. One of the highlights for me in my year is, is when we have our office staff party and we do a gift exchange, and we give one another white elephant gifts, and it's a lot of fun, and, and we laugh. I, I love this time of year, especially on Christmas morning when we watch our kids walk down the steps, and they see the Christmas tree, and under the tree it's loaded with presents, and they, they're searching through those presents with one that has their name on it. I love it as our kids with big smiles, they, they open the paper, and they look at that one special gift. I love it when we go to Grandma's house on Sunday afternoon, and we exchange presents, and we wonder what we'll receive. Oh, it's a lot of fun, but understand, even the best gift, it'll lose its luster, it'll wear out, our kids will set it aside. But you understand, this gift exchange is different. In this gift exchange, we give God our sin, and He gives us His righteousness. He clothes us in the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus will come and save us from our sins. And then Matthew, he reaches back into the Old Testament and he, and he goes into the book of Isaiah and he, he lifts a verse out of Isaiah. And, and it says, This all took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. The greatest gift a parent can give a child is the present of presents. That's ultimately what our kids crave. Last week when we got the news that our son had been hurt, I wanted to get to him as quickly as I could. It was 10.30 at night, we received a phone call from his friend. That moment, I'm thinking, how can I get to London? I wasn't worried about what the plane ticket cost. I knew it would cost a lot, flying so quickly. I, I wanted to be near him. And so at 5.30 that next morning, I was on the plane. 10.30 that night, I was walking into his hospital room. My buddy... Kevin White and I had lunch this week, and, and Kevin said something to me that I don't think I'll ever forget. He said, Kevin, he said, your boy Reed will never forget that you came. He will always remember that you came. This time of year, we proclaim the truth that God has come. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And when we needed him, God came. He didn't send us a book with instructions. 
He didn't send an angel to tell us the good news. Uh, He didn't do any of that. What he did was he himself entered time and space. He, He made the journey from heaven to earth. What an incredible gift. Here's how one preacher I know described it. He said of Jesus, he came to our place, he took our place, and now he invites us back to his place. What an awesome gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What an amazing gift exchange. We give God our sin our unrighteousness and what does God give to us God gives us his righteousness he clothes us in righteousness and so this morning I'm wondering if you at this point have never received this gift as we enter this Christmas season this this season of gift giving oh there's no better time than now there's no better opportunity than this opportunity to respond in faith to Jesus, to repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name. Understand, you'll, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your sins are forgiven. What an awesome gift, the gift of life that Jesus offers every one of us. Meaning, purpose, hope. We can have that because of what Jesus has done. Today, if we can help you with that, we'll have shepherding couples in the very back. They would love to talk with you. I'll be down front. I would love to meet you as well. If you have a need we can help you with, come as we stand and sing.